Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and I will be your host. And this is the show where we discuss all things Amazon private label and how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show. Get it? AM, PM podcast. As a matter of fact, I just flew into Las Vegas, and while I was sitting on that plane, I was making money. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. That's awesome. So, Dean, uh, we actually ran into each other uh, just kind of walking around out here. We got a pretty cool complex that we live in. And um, he not only uh, knew me from the podcast, but he's one of our Illuminati uh, Mastermind Monthly members as well. And uh, we started talking about his business, where he's at, and uh, figured it would be a great opportunity, you know, to kind of pick your brain and see where you're at with things and how you started and just kind of let everybody know, um, you know, a little bit more about you and maybe they'll learn uh, a nugget or two here. You've been in Amazon now how long? So I first got involved in Amazon in mid-2015. That's when I launched my first product. Uh, actually heard about what FBA or fulfillment by Amazon was all about in the beginning of 2015. And, you know, it was such a great idea when I heard about it. I said, you know, why, why not start my own business? I was just kind of closing the door to a, a different venture that I was a part of and then uh, met actually a few people out here that were in e-commerce. And I just loved the idea of having your own business run, you know, right from your computer, being able to travel. I mean, you know, same reason I think a lot of us get into it. Right. Yeah. And then, and how long, so you started in 2015, how long before the product, your first product was actually live? So I started like the development, looking for it and everything in March of 2015 and got it up and going in June kind of the end of June, so roughly you know, around three months. And uh, yeah, I mean, from there on after the launch, it was just, you know, just kept going, had my hands full. and Cool. So where, um, if you don't mind me asking, where are your sales right now? People are probably curious, what kind of sales yeah. time this guy do? So uh, this is, you know, coming into summer and actually May is our probably second best month, obviously, besides uh, quarter four. But we closed right off at around 65000 in in revenue, obviously. And, you know, this month is looking to be right around the same, slight, slightly lower. And then mm-hmm. July, uh, I know is going to, you know, obviously with Prime Day coming up, that's going to be a huge month as well. But uh, averaging, you know, anywhere between 55, 65, and then quarter four, you know, it's kind of a whole yeah. arena. It blows up. 65, that's good. You're crushing it. So, and, and that's off of how many SKUs? So that's between two products, and each product has three SKUs, so, you know, a total of six. Okay. All right, cool. What kind of, uh, do you mind saying what category you're in? Yeah, uh, sports and outdoors. Sports and outdoors. Is it an outdoor product? Uh... I guess, yeah, sort of, yeah, <laughs> sort of kind of, you know, it can be used all around, honestly. Okay, cool. So but, how, how did you actually come up with the idea for this product? Yeah, yeah. So when I got involved with it, Jungle Scout hadn't even come out yet. Greg, you know, nobody knew who Greg was. But at that time, I was working with a group of guys, like I said, who were already uh, fairly involved in e-commerce. And they were able to figure out how to scrape uh, Amazon. So basically, you know, a scrape is just like just like what Jungle Scout does now. It gives you a database, you know, of different products. You put in the parameters that you're looking for, sales, 
um, reviews, all of that, and then it spits it out. Except it was, you know, it was it wasn't put as well as it is today. It was in an Excel file, and you know, you had thousands of products just to kind of go through. And the ones that stood out, you know, that were possible, you know, as far as review count, okay, you know, that they have less than four or five hundred reviews. You know, how was the BSR? Um, we went from there and then I can't even remember what the site was back then, but there was a site, you know, that just you would put in the ASIN and then it would start roughly showing you how many sales it was doing, you know, daily. And then obviously using Google trends, you know, seeing the seasonality of it and, and going from there. I mean, so it was still kind of like what we're doing today. It just wasn't all in one place. Like, you know, with virtual or with viral launch and jungle scout, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to really find what you're looking for, but same concept. Cool. So this initial product that you found, is that, uh, the first product you launched or did you have a potential dud in there before? No, it was, uh, it was actually the first product and it was the guy that was helping me. I'm, I'm kind of OCD. So for uh-huh. me, I felt like I couldn't find that perfect product and I always, you know, something stuck out. I was like, ah, no, you know, too much competition or this isn't going to work. And uh, what I finally realized, and here's, you know, here's a tip for anyone getting involved. There's not going to be a perfect product that's going to exactly meet what you're looking for, but that just comes later on. You know, if you can more or less uh, make sure that it hits most of the criteria, you know, not, not too large, the reviews, BSR. You're, you can turn it into that perfect product, you know, and, and expand it from there. But, you know, it, it did. It just kept opening up, you know, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to work with that product and then just keep expanding within that niche and, you know, turn it into a brand. Okay, cool. So, and how much money did you start with to get this going? I started with about $10,000. Ten grand. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's a good amount. So yeah. yeah, definitely had some, you know, some room to play with. Yeah, how would you divide that up? If you had to say I was splitting it up between inventory and shipping and marketing, what's the breakdown? I use, if I remember. I know we're going way back too, right? We're like 2015. It's it's been a while, but I think I used about half of it on my first batch of inventory and then the other half on, yeah, creating all the marketing materials, uh, you know, packaging, uh, the, the inserts, you know, really just perfecting it, getting a good product uh, that was ready to go, creating actually, we created a website too. Um, at that time, I don't even think it was really necessary. I know today it helps a lot more with brand registry and all that, but that was just more kind of uh, the icing on the cake with it. And, you know, creating creating your images, a couple, uh, I hired a couple of photographers who actually lived here, so it wasn't too expensive couple 3d renders but you know so okay how how did you differentiate or did you even differentiate on your first product did you just slap a logo on it and go with it i um i was able to the, the first one it was for the category or the niche that i was in everybody was doing kind of had the same thing and i found something that had a slight variation that wasn't out yet and so I went with that, which was great. It kind of gave me an edge to it. Mm-hmm. And then I quickly found a lot of things that I could improve on it too, to just make it better. And, you know, speaking with my suppliers that, Hey, I think this will help myself. It's going to help you. And so we definitely were able to improve it. But with that, because we're in the private label business, as other competitors, you know, started noticing that they, 
they got the same products too, you know? And so, but luckily I, I had enough of a head start there where, you know, I was able to just keep treading along. Okay. Are you, are you the, uh, basically the leader in this particular product right now? Yeah. Yeah. I, definitely for the style of, of what we're doing, I would say, um, there, like I said, there's different styles of it and okay. there's still very, there's many, you know, uh, like that so we've always ever since i found that that difference from the others i've tried to stick with that and and kind of brand ourselves as that that person you know that company doing it in that style okay cool so what are you doing now uh, if anything to actually maintain that leadership for that particular style so i we're actually working right now i um purchased my first mold which was quite pricey but you know it, how, how much was that it ran about 17k. So wow. all right. Yeah. It was, um, but it, did, in it the was, US or in China? In China. Yeah. Uh, in the US it would have been almost double I think for some of the people I spoke with. And I I myself thought that was really expensive and then a friend of mine said, "No, like you got it easy. I just spent like 30k." So I was like, "Whoa, okay. You know, I mean, it, it adds up, but it was I think it's really necessary uh, just to for the brand and to be different, you know, I, I, and within my niche, I just see the same people, you know, coming in again. And there's like, cause there's, there's like one style where 30 people are doing it and they're all having great success, but it's like, why not then invest that money right now, do something a little different, see what everyone's doing and just make it better. And then, you know, have a solid launch plan and everything and, and hopefully just dominate, I mean, completely dominate, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's really what we're doing now. Great. So that's one brand, right? It, do you just have the one brand right now? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just kept me so busy, you know, like I said, and that's, I know there's different styles for people in private labeling. You know, some people, they do many different products and they'll take maybe less sales, but just over a, a large amount. Some yeah. people come in and, it just kind of worked out that way for me. I wasn't, that wasn't my plan, honestly. I thought I was going to get in, do that one, then go maybe into something totally different that made sense, but it just happened to take off and I saw so much potential. So I said, why not, you know, just keep expanding this. Right. So where's your mindset now? Are you thinking more uh, in terms of expansion, going to other Amazon stores, leaving Amazon, or just expanding your current brand here in the US, or what's your I, mindset there? Yeah, so I've had, um, I think right now, it's creating a Shopify store as well. Um, I wanna, I really wanna give it more that brand image, you know, kind of a household brand for this niche, and and so when people buy that, you know, they, they can go to the site, um, do, you know, just, just work on external traffic too with, with Shopify. There's literally, there's so many different directions that I can go and I just like, I need to just get one thing set up at a time. And you know, that's where maybe I, I could outsource a little bit and get a little bit more done, you know, right. at the same time. But uh, that's kind of where, you know, want to really solidify the website more too and hire have a team here that's ready to just start doing all the facebook advertising and instagram and all that you know so then hopefully i can start putting my attention as well as even just expanding on amazon have you outsourced before have you actually given jobs to other people outside of let's say doing a package design or something like that 
Not too much. Um, I, I would say the only thing would be my pay-per-click because <laughs> that's just something I always like, I knew I could do it. I invested a lot, you know, learning it. And um, it was just something that I felt like I never quite had a hundred percent. So I said, you know, why not hire somebody that knows this stuff inside and out? Because I felt like I could just keep learning it, keep going at it. And then there was always something new coming. And it took up so much of my time and my attention that it finally, you know, I, I had a great opportunity in, in my lap and I just took it and it's, it's been a great decision. How, how much do you spend per month on PPC? pay-per-click uh i would say about about five five thousand uh, yeah but between three and five okay and that's just on amazon right yeah that's just on amazon what uh what's your average acos on that your acos uh, about 17 17 to 19 percent so pretty low for that's where, that's where you want it it's pretty good yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that's great for me. I mean, anything below that is phenomenal. I'm, I'm not complaining. So, perfect. How much do you spend uh, to have somebody manage your your pay per click? I it's it's really not that. It's about I think I pay about three hundred and fifty uh, a month on it. So okay. it's not bad. Not not bad at all. And <laughs> do you see constant work being done on it, or is it pretty much now set and, and you're good? Yeah, no, I, I see constant work. They're always tweaking, optimizing. It was funny because actually even today, I saw a new um, AMS banner from a competitor show up. So I was like, oh, wait, you know, why, why am I not up there? You know, what am I doing? And so I logged in and checked and, you know, sure enough, about two weeks ago, there'd been a whole bunch of optimization going on from there, um, you know, with the people that I work with. And so, you know, they're always, they're always going at it. <laughs> Yeah, nice. So you're spending about 150 a day, and that's is that just sponsored ads, or does that include AMS as well? Uh, that's just sponsored ads. Okay, cool. Yeah. Do, do you want to? Have you reached the limit to how far you can expand and still keep your ACOS down, or or do you have a, like a five thousand dollar budget per month, and that's where it stops? I I think I, no. I mean, I've I've kind of like. It's a good question. I, I haven't even dabbled too much so far. It's It's been great with the ACOS. We have increased it, but then I've also seen an increase in that. So we've kind of found that perfect medium with it. And mm -hmm. I always I always tell them, I was like, hey, any recommendations, any increase in budget, you know, let me know because I'm totally, I'm, I'm open for that. Obviously, you know, the more sales, the better as long as we're profitable. Cool, awesome. Um, where do you source your products? Are you getting it in the US or in China or somewhere else? China, yeah. China, okay. Are you using the traditional uh, places, Alibaba, that kind of thing? That's, yeah, that's where I started, Alibaba. That's uh, kind of where I was taught and then uh, found the supplier and I actually was working with an agent for a while and found that actually, be, I know some people say try to go straight to the supplier and other people do use the agent and I was able to just create a great relationship with this agent where, you know, I even talked to the supplier and said, you know, what, what kind of costs are you giving me? And it, it wasn't much of a difference. The margin maybe decreased just slightly working with the agent, but the agent was much more helpful, especially if I needed to source other things, other kinds of uh, packaging or whatnot, you know, they were always able to link me up right away. So I actually enjoyed that method more. Do you find that the, um the level of, of English when you're speaking with a uh, sourcing agent is better than when you're dealing directly with the, the company, the, the factory? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's, it's 
some of the the English has been so broken. I'm just like, you know, it, it, yeah, sometimes things don't really come across, you know, what you had intended to say. And then, right. um, you know, you don't get the result you're looking for. So that's also, you know, a, a positive note working with an agent. So do you still use the same agent even today when you're doing reorders? Yeah. 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 And like I said, they've uh, been a huge help in, you know, uh, creating the mold for me and everything that goes oh, nice. with that, checking up on it. So, okay. um, yeah, it, it's been a huge, it's been a huge help. What percentage do they, do you pay them a, are you paying them monthly or is it a percentage of each order? It's, it's just a, it's a very small percentage. I, I mean, I'm not even sure the exact, I mean, it was so little and that's under five. I, yeah. That's why I was like, you know what? Like it makes complete sense working with them. Okay. All right. Cool. And then, uh, and they're based out of what city? Do you know? I'm not sure the exact city. I think they're I, they're fairly close to the the manufacturer. Where did you find this sourcing agent, and how'd you do that? Well, it was it was by pure accident. I mean, uh -huh. when I went through Alibaba, I thought I was I was speaking with the supplier at first, and it was an agent. And then I figured out how to actually. I almost went a little bit backwards and found out, you know, how to directly speak with the supplier. Tried okay. that, and I was like, you know what? it was working at much better before through the agent. And so I decided to just use that. The whole logistics was much easier. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And so I imagine you speak to your agent uh, or you talk to them on Skype. Yeah. On Skype. Yeah. All on a regular basis. Time, you know, and I have a great relationship with them now. You know, I can, I'll even ask them sometimes, Hey, what, what's your opinion? What do you think? You know? And so they'll kind of like talk to me and, you know, I, I make sure to not, you know, to always compliment them, see, you know, how, how are they doing just to always build that relationship more and more. And hopefully I think I'd love to go and, and visit, you know, out there. I think that's from what I've heard that always just, uh, all the benefits that come from that are enormous for your brand and, and working, you know, on that long-term relationship. Yeah. Solidifies that. Go out and have some drinks with your exactly. with the owner of the factory. Yeah, it's good. Exactly. Oh, that's cool. So, and you, You've been dealing now with this agent for well since 2015. Exactly. Essentially, okay. So you have a really good relationship. Exactly. Um, and are you going to be ordering all your products from now on? Everything's always going to go through this agent. You think? Uh, for the most part, um, yeah. I think in the category. I mean, I have thought about it, and there's there's some products that fit within my niche, but they're a little bit further out. So I've actually been wondering. I was like, okay. Do I go with them or do I try and find, you know, go back to the drawing board and find somebody that's maybe just working with this kind of material? Right. So, do they handle your shipping or do you actually work with a freight forwarder? I work with a freight forwarder. Um, I, I didn't mention in the beginning when I did start with the whole FBA learning and everything, I, I did a private course and that was one of the things that was provided is all, all the contact info. And so, I've still been working with them and it's always been very easy. Okay, cool. And you do most of your shipping through C now or by C? Yes. By, I was taught that way. Um, I know we kind of spoke about that last time, but yeah, I was always taught to do it by C. Um, obviously, if I needed inventory in right away or I foresaw a stock out coming, you know, I would have it by air, but I try and avoid it just because it's so expensive. Yeah. Um, Obviously, that comes with having to manage your inventory a little bit closer, you know, especially if you're doing 60, 75 days out w with everything. Um, but I, I try and stick with the C shipments. Have you had stockouts? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah? <laughs> I, think, I think I learned the, the hard way, like anyone getting into the, the business the first time. You know, you order your first batch and 
in, in my case, the product did amazing. It sold out much quicker than I had even expected. And so, you know, immediately there, I, I thought that I, it was all, there were two mistakes that I made there. The, the first one was I didn't even pay attention to the seasonality of the product. I was just so excited with the way that sales were going. So I just, I ordered an insane amount. I even put a huge portion on uh, the, the air freight, had it all air freighted in, you know, and then I had some issues with my listings with Amazon. I was just left with a bunch of product. Nothing was really moving. Um, so, you know, it, I, I think it's, it's one of those things that happens to a lot of people getting into it. Oh yeah. Happened to me multiple yeah. times. Yeah. What do you do when you're about to go out of stock? Okay. There's a lot of, uh, different yeah. thoughts on this. What do you do? Are, are you changing your price point to slow things down? Or are you just letting go out? So when I, this was before I heard any, you know, what, what, I mean, a lot of people now, you know, they say either lower your price to accelerate it because that's going to be a great way and then close the listing out. But uh, back in 2015, none of that information even existed. So right. what I thought was higher the price, slow it all down, you know, and hopefully stall until the next shipment came through. Uh, if you know, I, fortunately, I haven't had a stock out in a while now. But yes, if I was, if I did foresee that happening, I would see if I could increase the sales velocity by possibly lowering the price a little bit and then closing out the listing until the new inventory shipment came in. Okay, and you do close your listing out when you are completely stocked out, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's another little technique. If you guys are watching or listening to this. Uh, people don't know this. Yeah, just close that particular listing out because it stops accumulating um, history essentially so that when you get the stuff back in stock, yeah. you, have a, you, you can get back to where you were a lot quicker. But you know what? That's a great nugget that you just, uh, you, you just mentioned. Maybe instead of me explaining it, I'll have you explain it. Mm -hmm. um, what's the idea of actually increasing your velocity and actually running out of stock faster than you would have um, by doing that method? I mean, as we all know, Amazon, if they see your product sales increasing, you know, they're going to, they're going to boost you up. They're going to, they're going to be like, oh, wow, this, he has an important product that people want. So we're going to keep his position, especially when they close it out, you know, rather if you keep it open and then all of a sudden your BSR, the algorithm kind of sees you dropping, it's not going to like that. So I think the, the whole theory behind it is. Uh, spike it, you know, have those sales increase. I mean, you know, as much as possible by lowering the price. And then when you, when you're out of stock, close it out, stop it, you know, and, and Amazon from, from what I understand, you know, they recognize that and they almost kind of hold your place. So when you come back, you know, they're going to be like, all right, well, he was doing very well before he ran out of stock. He's probably going to maintain those kind of numbers. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. And, just so you guys know, the BSR isn't going to stay the same. That is going to drop, but um, you've got that history with Amazon. It's uh, their algorithm remembers that, yeah. And they go, well, he was selling like crazy before he went out of stock. Let's let's give him that juice right now again once you open that listing again with new new product. It so, makes sense. And I did the exact same thing that you did back in the day. The whole idea was increase the price, keep increasing it, you know, and, and to the point where you're you're doing 40 sales a day. Now you're doing five, right? Because your price is twice as high as it used to be. Exactly. And it made sense because you're making a lot of profit, but it slows it down. Now what, now think about this logically guys, when you go out of stock, you know, your conversion rate is so bad, right? Cause you, you've increased your price point to a point where now only one out of every 10 people are buying. 
right? Mm -hmm. Because that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to slow down your, your sales. That when you come back into stock, Amazon's going, wow, this product has a crappy conversion rate. We're not going to give them any traffic. And you try to, now you got to lower your price even lower than where you were at before to try to come back. Does it, it's not always the same with everybody, but that seems to be um, what we've seen with a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So what would be, um, somebody comes to you, they want to get into this, and they're like, hey, what was one of the, you know, if you could go back and change something that you did, um, you know, to kind of accelerate your business a little bit, what would you do? I would, I mean, I think a really big software key point that I found, and I was going to talk about this too, when it comes to inventory, is obviously cash flow is everything in this business. Being able to expand, but not using too, more than you need as well. And so, like when I got, like I was telling you, I ordered way too much at one point because I saw, you know, what was happening and then I realized I just kind of came to a complete stop. So I used, you know, one software that forecasts all of my inventory and it has a great algorithm in there. And I literally know almost down to the unit the day of when I need to order more, you know, uh, what I need to do. And that has saved me tens of thousands of dollars from you know potentially being spent and not used you know to the full potential so that's you know that's that's one big point another what, one what, what tool is that by the way that's forecastly forecastly okay yeah I've been using that for about a year and it's yeah it has helped me immensely cool and you know uh, another tip you know of just getting involved when you're coming in is uh, be be resourceful, you know, and and always. I mean, that's that's the that's the whole reason why I know of you and your podcast. You know, was because even though I was doing one course with the people currently here, you know, I was always looking on 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 Facebook actually networking. You know, what's going on? I found Scott Volker, you know, and and his podcast. I got some great value there, and I think that's I, either I found you or Kevin on there, and I was like, that really, you know, kind of stuck out to me, and, I, and then I looked you guys up, and I found your podcast, and that was really what I was looking for, and even some of the people that you've had uh, interviewed there, you know, I've, I've given great information, and I know they've had their own courses too, and I've done that, so, you know, don't be afraid to, to find other people being resourceful, and, you know, invest in some courses as well. Um, I think you know, just for myself, teaching myself constantly and being aware of what's going on because we all know Amazon even six months ago is completely different today than it was there. So you got it. You got to keep up with it. You got to always, you know, be be listening. Absolutely. So, yeah, and I agree. Podcasts alone, I mean, we've got over 100. There's other podcasts that have over 100. And if you just consume those things, uh, I used to play them. I used to say all the time on the when I was doing my podcast in the beginning, I'm like, guys, I'm absorbing any kind of audio I can, whether it's a podcast or a webinar that I've downloaded to an, an MP3, and I play it at 2x. If, I could, if the guy wasn't a really fast speaker, 2x, I would listen to it, 1.5x otherwise. <laughs> when I was working out, even if it was a short podcast, I, and this is going to, I'm going to sound like such a weirdo, but I, would, I had one of those little suction speakers in this, uh, you know, to put in the, in the shower. Yeah. And I'd Bluetooth it while I'm showering, even if it's only for five or six minutes, right? I would be listening to a podcast at 1.5x. That's you know, great. and so I was always learning, and I think you kind of uh, you hit the nail right on the head. You know, you've got to invest, um, if not money, at least your time, and exactly. learn as much as possible. And then once you get to a point where you're doing, you know, seventy thousand, like you are, you know, hundred thousand, whatever it's going to be, you know, moving on, um, invest in some more advanced stuff. You know, and I know that you're part of our our monthly 
uh, training with Illuminati. We were talking about this last time. We actually did, we were doing this, uh, what we're doing right now before, and we had some massive technical difficulties, and we had to stop, so we're doing it again now. But we were doing it right after we had um, done the June Illuminati monthly uh, training, right? Exactly. And, and you were like, Phew, it's like crazy. Because even I was like, I mean, I was hosting the thing, and I was like, dang, I'm taking a crazy ton amount of notes here. Brain overload. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I know. Have yeah. you implemented any of that stuff? Have you had a chance? I have. I, I have. Yeah. And I mean, I, I love what you guys are doing. I mean, cool. it's a hundred percent worth it, and it helps my business immensely. Helps, you know, on on being more cost effective. So awesome. it's, yeah. it's great being a part of it. I was gonna say, guys, if you're listening and you're curious, what the heck we're talking about? Um, there's a we set up a. a a webinar over at IlluminatiMastermind.com. Check it out. It's like about, I think, an hour and a half, two-hour webinar. Lots and lots of free content. You'll learn a ton, even if you don't decide to invest and, and join. Um, you know, me and Dean and, and about 300 other people that are in there. We have our own private Facebook group where we chat. So are you in the Facebook group, by the way? I am. I am. I made sure to get in there. Okay, good, good. Awesome. <laughs> so um, what would be another you, – you have any, uh, any other tips for, for guys that are starting out or thinking about getting in? Um, you know, just kind of, I think to summarize on a few things I've already said, you know, there's there's going to be a, a lot of different ways that you can make private labeling work on Amazon. And what works for myself, you know, by having one brand that I'm expanding might not be the thing that you go, but whatever, you know, whatever you find and starts working for you, stick with it, become an expert on it. Uh, don't be afraid to to out, you know, with, with my pay-per-click, you know, that was one thing I had that I outsourced, the graphic design, you know, there, there's certain things that I, I totally say outsource that. And then there's other things that I know a lot of my friends outsource, such as customer service. And I will not outsource that just because I want to make sure, you know, that I get each customer. I want to make sure that they know that they're valued. And because I always know that if, if you treat them right and they really see how, how you deal with them, they're going to come back. And I get that response so many times. They're like, wow, I've never experienced this kind of customer service. You know, I'm a customer for life. Thank you. And I think that goes so far. That's awesome. And so you use, uh, what kind of program are you using to um, follow up with people via email? Honestly, right now I just have it linked to, I mean, I have some inserts, you know, if they do have any issues, contact us on the website. I'm not, again, I'm not sure if that's completely TOS related uh, or, or compliant, but you know, I have a lot of people come there and then even just the regular, you know, contacting through Amazon, you know, if they have any issues and, and working on there. Uh, there are a couple software programs that I'm planning on implementing into the site, I think to make it a little bit easier with the ticketing system but you know right now i've just kind of been doing it through the email and everything gets filtered right into there okay and are you using like a, a feedback genius or some kind of service oh, oh, okay as far as a, a follow-up yeah i i definitely right i've i've used quite a few of them honestly yeah, I, which one do you like what's your favorite I, your top two i would say i started with feedback genius and sales backer and now i'm using uh Brian Burt's one, Overgrowth, okay. and you know I've, I've been liking some of the things that they're doing a lot. Um, there's some cool new features that I haven't found in the others. 
I think they all work great. Honestly, I think it comes more down to what is the message that you're trying to convey right. in there, you know, and how you're going about it. There, you know, they all they all work great. But yeah, so far his software has been really cool. Um, you know, with some of the things that I can do design and conceptually wise in there. So awesome, cool. And how many hours would you say? Because I'm thinking about this because you say you you're answering all the customer support and everything, but in a given week how many hours do you work on your amazon business so customer service i'll maybe do like 20 20 30 minutes a day on that and then i'm doing it more on a daily basis because it's okay. kind of you know but you know and then uh, i'll i'll go check you know i'll see obviously i get the notifications if there's a negative review you know to go in there but i'd say i would work two two hours three hours you know a, a day i could do much more you know how it is you could go on it all day you could be indexed you know checking your all your keywords making sure that everything's you know lining up correctly or you can you know have it have an easy day just do your do your customer service i think it really depends on what you're trying to do your approach on it right now with between expanding uh on shopify you know expanding to other amazon platforms i mean i, I could probably sit in front of the computer all day as well um, yeah. but i think it's, it's a compound effect you know it's it all pays off later yeah for me it, it seems like uh learning takes up a big chunk of my day because there's i want to try to find at least one nugget in whatever it is that I'm I'm doing, whether it's listening to somebody's podcast, which I haven't done in a while. That's one thing I want to get back into because there's some there's good people out there. Yeah. Um, and I started out same as you, you know, uh, with just trying to consume as much free information that was out there. The podcast, I think, the only major one that was related to Amazon was Scott Volker. So I was listening to his stuff, um, you know, and yeah, just trying to absorb all this content um, every single week because there's so many webinars, there's so many different pieces of training, whatever it might be. It's just never yeah. So one of the things we're going to try to do is actually, it sounds kind of weird, but get like a consumption, uh, like somebody who consumes all this content and um, basically takes, I would say like cliff notes, you know, just kind of condenses it down and says, okay, here's a two hour webinar. This is the best 10 minutes of it. You know, yeah, just, and that's helpful. <laughs> yeah, and just have yeah. those people actually going through and, and doing, you know, 20 hours worth of training a week and then giving me like one hour worth of training. So we're going to see how that works. Um, sign, sign me up for that. Yeah, yeah I'm in for that. <laughs> so, so cool. So you've got a full time salary, more than that. Okay. You're doing, you're, you're about to break seven figures per year, it sounds like here. And with Christmas, you probably will. But you're doing it on a part time job type basis it sounds like you're working maybe at most four hours a week or a day so yeah right. totally totally I mean, what's it, it's pretty cool what's it going to take to get down to the uh what is it um the the four hour work week oh yeah exactly uh, what would it take? can you do that is it even possible <laughs> i'm sure it's possible we'll have to we'll have to call tim ferris see see what tips he has <laughs> yeah i always i'm like how would i do that if i were to try to chunk this down to where i only had to do four hours a week right so less than an hour a day the only thing i think i could, con I I could focus on for 45 I, minutes would be outsourcing I, right yeah i mean that's what it would come all down to just 45 then, minutes of outsourcing that's it and let everybody do everything so and then how, how do you even grow your business from there you know but yeah. on actually expanding so <laughs> yeah it would be tough it'd be tough cool what do you think of packaging Okay, that's actually per perfect. And you had just covered this, I think, about two weeks ago in the AMPM um, Facebook group. But I think 
packaging, investing into a good graphics designer. So many people, they try and skimp, you know, that part of it. They want to get as much profit as possible and even spending an extra 30 cents on creating a better package, you know, they, they don't do it. And I think a lot of the success of my product was that was something I always took serious. Whether it was the images that I put up on, on Amazon, you know, I tried to find, I do a lot of 3D renders more than the actual photography, but I made sure to find the best guy. Even if, you know, even if he was very expensive, I knew that that would pay out tenfold. Uh, the inserts, that's something I'm working on on that new mold right now. I'm you know, being so much more meticulous than what I was even doing before, making sure those directions are, you know, just spot on. It's just like when you receive a, you know, for any of you Apple users, when you get that packaging, you know, it's everything just feels so great about right. it. And I think if you can emulate that same experience to your customer, that's going to help, you know, that much more. They're going to feel really good about it. Absolutely. So, you know, don't, hey, don't you out on your marketing. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be like yeah, you, you you just said it perfectly. If your iPhone came in a poly bag, the yeah. perceived value would just be so much less, right? Yeah. What is this? Yeah, yeah. I, I showed that example. You're right. I, I think we we're doing a, um, a Facebook Live with the socks. I'm like, let's say yeah. something that's super basic. Socks. Mm -hmm. I go, if socks come in a poly bag, all right, that's normal. They're socks, right? But if you roll them up perfectly and put them in a nice box, suddenly we're like, oh, these are probably like some twenty, thirty dollars socks. Even though they're like, exactly. it's the same exact thing that came in the poly bag. Yeah. And they're going to be, you know, they're probably going to want to leave your review that much more because they're like, you know, they're really trying to do everything to make this the best experience for us. So, yeah. I mean, it's, I think that's such a big part of it, you know, just paying attention to those and taking the time, putting a little bit more money into it, but, you know, it, it's going to pay off. And for your brand, I mean, it, it makes, it solidifies your brand that much more as well. Yeah. Cool. Well, this has been a fantastic interview. I want to have you back on um, after fourth quarter. I want to see where you're at. Let's do it. Because <laughs> you said your product's a little seasonal, but um, but in Christmas, it, it also takes off? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah? I mean, it goes. So. <laughs> it goes. I'm, hoping, you know, I'm hoping with this new mold, too. You know, I'm, I'm really curious to see. I want to talk to you. Maybe we can have you back on to talk about the whole molding. Unless you want to talk about it real, really quickly right now, the whole molding process and how that works. Because um, that's pretty interesting to, at least to me, I think other people would be interested in it as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just, there, I had a certain, I had a certain size that I was working with. And I know that a lot of my competitors were using a different size. I mean, it was selling like crazy, but every single person had it. And so I'm just like, okay, I don't want to be just another person trying to market that same product even better, even though it fits completely with what I was doing. And like I had also said, I, ha I had found a certain design that was out there that wasn't really being used. So I said, how can I combine, you know, all of those things, everything that I've learned, all my customer feedback and just create one great product. And uh, it was, it was great going back, working with the agent. I said, this is what I want to do. Um, you know, how do I go about doing it? And they had, they had a designer that I was working with and actually I was, I was taken back with how great, you know, these guys are at designing and, uh, they would send me some drafts and I would say what I liked, what I didn't like about it. And so that went on for, you know, quite, quite a while because obviously you're investing a lot of money into it. So you want to try and perfect it exactly of what you have in mind. And so, you know, that took place. And then finally, when we solidified that, right before I put the payment down, I had a 3D print made of the design. 
and um, you know was able to see it more or less in person. I mean, it's almost the exact what it's going to be like. So you get to see is are the measurements right? You know, because obviously everything looks different on the computer, and so I was able to check all that off. And I, I even went to the extent of doing a. Um, a design patent on it just because you figure you're spending so much money on something like this uh, I don't know how well it's gonna protect me but at least being able to put that on there I think is one layer of protection and, right you know going going about it so what did the design patent cost by the way I did it so I was originally gonna do it through it an attorney who was spoken about I, I think on one of Greg Mercer's uh, podcast and then I ended up going it was, it was much more than I had anticipated and then another guy also who's actually in the Illuminati mastermind told me hey go go through legal zoom and I did that and that was a it was a great easy experience and cost me I think it was almost less than half of what that other quote was and right. so, you know I've just been doing it that way did my trademark like that as well and um, so you know, now the mold takes about 40 days for the mold to, to actually be completed. So um, I've just been creating all my marketing material, you know, my directions, inserts, working with graphics designers until that is done. And then as soon as that's done, you know, I'm going to be working on packaging because they can't actually get the measurements until they have that. So it's fun. I mean, I, I love that aspect of it. Creating, yeah. I, are they amortizing the, the cost of the molds into like your orders over time? Have you done any of that before no and i'm sure there, there would have been maybe better ways of going about it i took um i took my first amazon loan out to do it nice because okay. i just wanted to see what it was like anyway it's always over there in the column so i was like might as well try see how this works you know got a great rate on it and so i did pay it all up front which was scary because it's such a large sum of money for you don't really have anything yeah. And, um, you know, but now, now you're going to have your own unique thing. Nobody else has this. I'm so excited. Yeah, I really feel like this was kind of the missing link. And it gives me confidence because now even products that I was doing before, the, the ones that I started out, I think I'm going to create new mold, new lids, you know, and everything too that actually, you know, work and, and you know, go from there. So there's so many, you know, concepts that you can start – uh, customizing and, and get away from from your competitors so it's it's pretty great nice and so when does this new version actually uh, hit the Amazon I would shelves? Say, yeah I would, I'm really hoping here to have it out probably in like August September I okay. think that's I think that's realistic it's gonna be done here at the end of the month need to you know figure out a couple more things and then get that production going and nice yeah. All right, so, so we definitely have to talk after Q4 then because I want to see yeah. how that went yeah yeah <laughs> cool well Dean it's been a pleasure I, I appreciate you coming on the show we're gonna definitely have you back You've been listening to the AM PM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider, insider tools, tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.